Welcome to the Restoration Church Weekly Podcast. As you listen, we pray that you are inspired by today's podcast to pursue your God-given calling to reach just one more. Thanks for listening. Hey, good morning, Restoration Church. How are you today? Hey, awesome. My name is Nate. If I haven't had a chance to meet you before, I am uh, the lead pastor at Restoration Church, and uh, I'm glad that we get to be together. Our time of preaching, we are joined by all of our locations, so Plymouth and Milton, great to see you. If you're online, you got a plan to get in person here soon. We're hoping um, that you'll join us at Easter. And on Easter, our, our, uh, a new location in Bethlehem, New Hampshire opens, and we're really, really pumped about that. What, what happened, um, you, you know, what, what happened was there was a church that closed, and our heart is that buildings wouldn't be sold and turned into houses or restaurants or music venues, but that they'd continue being places where the good news of Jesus is preached. So when that church closed, uh, we got an opportunity to go check it out and to pray about it. And so then the leadership team and myself d- felt that it was, it was right. And so we started to move forward. We had a work day there yesterday. So thank you to everybody who went from that. There were people from every location there. And uh, thank you if you live here. I mean, it's, quite, it's a little bit of a hike up there. But thank you for being there. Got so much done. The building is looking really, really good. And um, we are, I meant to look at my, we are, um, are we 21 days from opening that? Is that opens on Easter? Easter's 21 days away. So if you're going to buy your kids Easter outfits, you better start looking because they're going to be sold out soon. It'll be Halloween costumes here in about two weeks. So, uh, but lots happening for that and um, just really excited. A, A lot of anticipation one, one thing that, I mean, I'm sure there are a few people who think this way, but some of you don't, uh, because you just are expecting to show up at church. But for myself, it's always this anticipation of whose life is going to change. Who is all of a sudden just, they're going to open their heart to God, and it's going to change. Not just their life, but, but a single life change can affect, can affect generations. Just from one person making a decision to follow Jesus. I, I, I've talked about this before, but my dad lived in Nashua, and uh, he was a welder, and he was 23 years old, and one of his coworkers introduced him to Jesus. And eventually, that whole welding shop all followed Jesus because of this one guy. And I think about that guy leading my dad to Jesus, how it has affected my whole life, is it affected my kids' lives, and it's affected your life. Uh, in some way or another, from that one day at a welding shop where my dad said on a lunch break, yeah, I'll follow Jesus. We have no idea. It's so exciting to think about. And if you're here today and you're like, you've never thought about that, I want you to think about this. What if your life was changed today? What if your life was changed today? What could Jesus do in your heart? And what could he do in your family? What could he do in your future family? He can change everything around. It's amazing to think about. And, and so as we think about this launch and, and what's happening, we have no idea who's going to walk through the church for the first time in their entire life. 
and hear about Jesus and say, this is, this is it, this is my moment. I'm gonna believe, I'm gonna follow. And we all get to play a part in that, which is so much fun. So listen, if you're at the work day, thank you for that. Uh, there's gonna be different people showing up at different times. So if you're like, you, you know, I, I've, got, I've got an evening or, 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 or a day to spare um, and you're able to come and contribute, we certainly have a long list of things to do in the next 21 days. So listen, this series, like Jesus, if you're joining us for the first time today, we're starting this series today, but also we went through this series in January. And this is our prayer for this year. And so this series, like Jesus, we're gonna be in and out. So we started in January, then we went in a series um, focused on Romans 12, two, titled New. We're back in this series now for the next four weeks. After that, we'll be in a series called Family Classic, um, talking about families and relationships. Then I'm pretty sure we're back into this. And so in and out of this one all year. Because what we're looking at and what we hope to do is not to just be people who go to church. There's a big difference between a church attender and people who are like Jesus. A big difference between just people who show up at a service and people who live live like and follow Jesus. It's a big difference. And if you ever met a Christian that you hated... If you've ever met one, raise your hand. I, my, this, is a, I, this is not an example. I'm raising my hand. You ever met someone who called themselves a Christian and they, you hated them? And you're like, Pastor, you shouldn't hate people. Well, maybe. <laughs> but you didn't know this guy. <laughs> Why? Why, if someone calls themselves a Christian, would we hate them? I don't want to have anything to do with that person. Don't hire them for, to, to do work for you. Don't talk to them. Don't go to that church because they're not like Jesus. They haven't learned to follow him. And maybe they said a prayer one time. Maybe they believe in him. They believe that he's God's son. But again, believing, him in, believing in him, believing that he's real, believing that he's God's son, believing that he's God. That doesn't mean that you're a follower of his. This is one of those random things that the first time you hear it, it's like a light bulb. But you know all Satan and all the demons of hell, they believe in Jesus. So just believing that Jesus, they believe, they know who he is. But they're not followers of his. And we can believe in him, we can say that we know who he is, but unless we're following him, unless we're daily, little by little, becoming like him, then, then, we're, then we're really missing it. Christianity is not about attending a church service. That is, though, part of the process that he established for worship and becoming like him. It is necessary, it is important, but just attending does nothing. Giving, some people give and that's their metric, but Jesus talked about this in scripture. you're, You're so focused on giving, you're tithing even the seeds that you're putting in your garden, but you don't have love. You're nothing, you don't have anything. If we just do these imitations of Jesus but we're not following Jesus. Well, as we'll see as we talk through this, really you're missing out on, on better things. Just trying to act right 
is a horrible way to live. Horrible way to live. But deciding to follow Jesus, that's what we're inviting you into this year. That's what we, that's the adventure we hope you join in on. Now for the next four weeks, as we jump back into this series, we're gonna look at Jesus and the example he gave us during his final moments before his death. So this week we're gonna set it up, but the, the, the next three weeks after that, we're gonna be looking at the moments he was hanging on that cross and the example he, led, he, he gave us and left for us on that cross. But today our conversation is about obeying like Jesus. If we're gonna be like Jesus, we're gonna obey like Jesus. And Jesus, though he was God, he was God's son. And he gave up, he obeyed his father in the same way he um, invites us to. If you've got your Bibles, open up to the book of Philippians. And if you're not familiar with the Bible, if you don't own a Bible, we will give you one for free. It would be our honor. And so you can go to the New Here area in, in, at your location and we'll get you one for free. If you're joining us online, show up on a Sunday, we'll give you one for free. Also, depending on how the Wi-Fi is working today, you could Google Philippians 2 and follow along with us or, or open up your Bible app. That would be fun. If every time you go to open up the Bible app, you end up on Facebook, bring a physical Bible with you. <laughs> All right, just a little, just a little tip. Um, as much as you, I mean, I'm trying to think as much as you, I can't even, I don't even know, as much as you think like playing Pokemon Go in service helps you pay attention. It doesn't help you pay attention. All right, so Philippians chapter two, we're gonna start reading at verse number five and, and Paul writes, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And certainly that's one of the things that we'll, maybe we'll do, have an attitude like Jesus here eventually this year. But it says, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Not everybody knows this or understands this, but Jesus wasn't just a man in history. Before he was ever physical, he was divine. Before he ever came to earth, he was eternal and uncreated in heaven. So he left this position as eternal, all-powerful being and became one of us. That's why we sing this song, Emmanuel, God with us, that God became one of us in order to rescue us. When he appeared in human form, verse number eight, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This second part is part of why we do what we do as a church. It's not about my name or any other of our pastor's names. It's not about Restoration Church. It's about Jesus. His name is above every other name, and we want to lift his name up high, that people will be drawn to him, not to us. I'm not Jesus. I'm not the Messiah. I can't save you. 
But in the same way he changed my life as a teenager, he can change your life no matter how old you are or how young you are. Now, I want to focus in on uh, verse number eight here, and um, I'm going to read it to you out of a different version of the Bible, and I'm going to read it to you out of the ESV. So we'll put that up here on the screen for you. So talking about Jesus and being found in human form, Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross, obeying like Jesus. Jesus obeyed his father, even to the point of death, even to the point of death on the cross. And he wasn't just like he came to earth and died as an old man in his sleep. He came on this mission to rescue us, knowing that the shameful, embarrassing death on the cross was going to be what he endured. And beyond, beyond shameful and embarrassing, painful and gruesome. He obeyed the Father even to that point. Now, a couple things to note about this as we understand Jesus obeying his Father and our desire to follow Jesus and obey God like Jesus did. One thing to note first, Jesus' life wasn't taken. He gave it. He willingly gave up his life for us. Though he was illegally arrested and though they, the, the, the Jewish leadership tried him in the middle of the night and, and threw him in a cistern and gathered up a mob to try to execute him and put, uh, put an end to all of the commotion and miracles that he was doing, all those things would have stopped if Jesus would have decided at the moment to stop it. There's a part in scripture that you may have read, but maybe you miss what you read. Is Jesus taught in a synagogue and they got really angry at what he was saying. And they brought him, the, this mob brought him to the edge of a cliff to throw him off. So much like this cliff that, that I'm always afraid of falling off of. They brought him to the edge of the cliff. They're going to throw him off and kill him because of what he said. An interesting thing that it says, Jesus just turned to them and said, hey, it's not my time yet, and left. I don't know if you've ever tried that with a mob before. <laughs> We're going to kill you. Like, no, not today. Thank you, guys. And just walk away. And they all just let him walk away. The last time I tried that with a bully, he said, oh, no, you don't. And he pulled me back in. <laughs> Pray, I mean, my kids, really, they are. Now, how do we know this? I was implying that my kids abuse me, so. <laughs> Read between the lines. John ten eighteen. How do we know this, that Jesus gave up his life? No, this is Jesus. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the, the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again, which is what we're celebrating on Easter in just a few weeks. For this is what my Father has commanded. Jesus' life was taken 
on Good Friday. It's weird to call it Good Friday when your savior was, was executed. But he gave up his life. It wasn't stolen from him. It wasn't taken from him. He gave it up. Why? Because of us. Because he wanted us to have a relationship with his father. He wanted us to have freedom from our sin and the shame. He wanted us to be with him in the life after this one. Now, let's focus in on ourselves here. Next thing, Jesus doesn't take your life. You give it. We become, we begin, if we're into investigating Jesus, we're considering Jesus, maybe we have some church background and we, we ultimately decide, I don't want to follow Jesus, I'm going to lose too much. Or we think, if I follow Jesus, he's going to take away everything I like. And, and so we just disengage, I'm not going any, anywhere further, but Romans 12, 1 says this, and so Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Again, we, we always think about and reflect on, on, on his sacrifice and what he did leaving heaven, what he did becoming one of us, and what he did enduring the cross, and what he did resurrecting from the grave. We think about those things because when I think about what he's done for me, Man, it makes it easier for me to give my life to him. It continues to read, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. We maybe hear horror stories of other people's lives and how they started following Jesus and I think sometimes people are communicating in a way to be funny and it makes us terrified. Like one of the things you often hear doesn't really matter what church in the United States you go to or what denomination you hear people say, don't tell God you won't go to Africa because if you do, never tell God no. And, and so they're trying to be funny. Like I told God, I'll never go to Maine. Uh, now we're planning a church in Maine. And, and those are personal friends of mine who, who communicate that. And, he, and it makes it think like, oh my word. God is trying to make me miserable. <laughs> Whatever I tell him, he's going to make me do. And, and so then we try to play tricks like, God, don't make me beautiful. <laughs> Please, no, God. <laughs> God, don't make me rich. That would be the worst. <laughs> and, and, but we're, we're so terrified of what he will do. Sometimes Jesus, the next step in obedience to him and to his father, requires us to do something that we don't want to do. But he will never make us do it. It will be your choice. Are you going to continue following him or are you going to disengage? Sometimes we think, you know, maybe, maybe the next thing God's telling you to do is to pray out loud at your circle and you're like, that'll be embarrassing. I'm never going to circles again. He's pushing you to invite. He's pushing you to, to, to do something, to, to pray for something, to pray for a miracle. 
And you think, I will lose so much. If I talk about my faith, if I do, I will lose so much. I'm not going to do that. Imagine for a moment if Jesus opted out of the cross. They're like, all right, Jesus, this is what's going to happen. We're going to put some nails in your hands, some nails in your feet. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. People are going to touch my feet. I'm out. I'm out. I don't like people touching my feet. I'm out. And he just opted. He's like, that, he just opted. I'm, I'm not doing this. Scripture says he died, we just read, he died a criminal's death on the cross. We know through historical writers that when Romans put criminals on the cross, they hung them naked on the cross. We're going to embarrass you till you die. So if it says Jesus died on the cross a criminal's death, then he was either... At most, it was wearing a loincloth, but there are many uh, Bible scholars who believe he hung naked on that cross. And he's like, naked? I'll pass. I don't want to do that. No, thank you. Imagine he opts out on us. He... One thing I I want you to know, when you choose to follow Jesus, he does not make you do anything. But he invites you constantly to a new level of trusting him. And some of the things that you're afraid, if I decide to jump in fully with Jesus, this is what's going to happen. You know what? Maybe those things will happen. But he's not going to force it. He's not going to rip it out of your hand. He's going to bring you in a process of trusting him. And eventually you're going to decide, okay, I I just don't trust you. I don't want to follow you anymore. Or you'll recognize the same way he did. That to fulfill the will of the Father is the best and only way we could ever want to live. John 10, 10, one of my favorite Bible verses says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I, Jesus speaking, came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And then the amplified version says that they would have it to the overflow. We think about Jesus taking away things in our life. We don't recognize that he's actually coming, expecting to pour a whole lot of good things into our life. Next thing here that I want to point out, that first, you don't take your life, you give it. But then the second part of this, if you give your life, you get his. Just connected to what we just preached. Matthew chapter 16, another place where Jesus taught this. He said to his disciples, if any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you want to be my follower, if you want to be like me, not just imitate me, but to become like me, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul. If you give up your life, you get his life. 
which seems like a con, it makes me seem like a con man to try to speak that. And you think like, sure does, yeah, sure. But I'm not standing up here as a professional preacher. Like we know, that, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I'm not standing up here as a professional preacher or a professional Christian. I'm standing up here as a guy who was born in New Hampshire, who um, moved to Dover when he, he was six months old, who graduated from Summersworth High School, who grew up in this church, just as a guy who had his life changed by Jesus at 14 years old, and for the last, I'm terrible at math, 25 years, I've been following him. And I've been able to see over and over again of people who don't follow him and people who do. And the people who follow him for their whole life, those are the people I want to be like. The people who don't follow him, I see them at the end of their life, or I see them living their life having rejected him. It reaffirms to me my decision to follow Jesus. I'm inviting you to experience him in the same way I have and my wife has and so many of your friends at this church have. Identifying as a Christian is not the same as following Jesus. And we really have to know that. It's, e it's easy most of the time to say I'm a Christian unless you go to a liberal college <laughs> Or, you, or, or, or depending on what neighborhood you live in, most of the time, it's easy to say I'm a Christian. It's easy to walk into a church service and say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. But that is not the same thing as following Jesus. Jesus followed his father and the commands of his father all the way to the cross. In the passage we just read, he's telling us also to take up our own cross. That following him is going gonna, is gonna to require some difficult places in our life. He won't force us into those places. We can opt out at any time and decide, I'm not going to follow you anymore. But he challenges us in Matthew chapter 10, verse number 38. He says this, if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. That is a little bit of a gut punch. We, and it, you know, a number of years ago, I, I talked through a sermon, and off the top of my head, it was Andrew Jackson who literally cut out the parts of his Bible that he didn't agree with. And so you can look through, they have a copy of it at one of the Smithsonian's, and it's a Bible, and then like all the hard, probably this passage isn't in there. You just cut it out. Whoop. And so it's a bunch of holes in the Bible. We think that following Jesus is kind of like going to a buffet, maybe a really good buffet. We just pick out the parts we like. We leave the parts we don't like. But following him Jesus says that we must take up our cross. And that means that's all of you. That's all of you. Fully surrendered, fully there, 
fully engage all of you. Sometimes we follow Jesus and we become like Jesus even to death. Sometimes it requires suffering. Sometimes we lose out on things. We lose friends. We lose jobs. We don't get jobs. We lose opportunities. Sometimes that happens. But if we give up our life, we get his. And part of following him, part of, part of being like him is trusting him, trusting his father, that this life is not the end. And, and there are greater joys to experience in this life than popularity, than fitting in, than, 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 than any form of sin, whichever one you like the most. Following Jesus is greater. I want to, to come to the end here and I want to talk about the, the obedience mindset. If you're going to obey like Jesus, if you're going to follow Jesus for the rest of your life and whatever he pulls up next and says, hey, it's time. It's time for you to change your language. Hey, it's time. It's time for you to let go of that addiction. Hey, it's time. It's time for you to give in an absurd amount. Hey, it's time. It's time for you to forgive those things from your past. Hey, it's time for you to start this new career. Hey, it's time for you to move to this area. Hey, it's time. Whatever it is that he asks for you next, how do you get yourself in the mindset that you say, all right, let's do it? where you don't maybe stall out for five or 10 years in your life wrestling about that one thing, but whatever he speaks to you, that you can respond and obey that day. Here are some things that I believe. First, you've got to believe it's not about me. Say that to yourself. It's not about me. Say that out loud. It's not about me. When Jesus died on the cross and I accepted that, it says in scripture that I've been bought with a price. I was purchased. That I was subject to judgment, but that God purchased me through Jesus' death out of that judgment, out of that path. It's no longer about me. It's no longer about my identity or my reputation. It's no longer about my agenda. It's about him and his will and his assignment and his mission. Second, to understand and realize it's not for me. We only want to obey God when there's an immediate benefit to us. But if we're followers of Jesus, we've got to recognize that everything we do, every service, every, every job we take on, every Bible study we go to, every worship service we're in, there is a benefit to us, but it is not for us. While we are still here on this earth, it is about those who do not yet know. It is always, always, always to seek and to save the lost, those who have never met or experienced Jesus. So when he calls us into obedience, and we're like, I don't think that's gonna be good for me. You, yeah, you're probably right, but it's probably gonna be good for tens or, or, or 20 or hundreds or thousands of people after you. And we say, God, do whatever you need to do with my life. You need to use my life to affect five others, do it. 
You need me to learn a lesson, to walk through a trial, to endure some suffering, to lose my own life, that others will know I'm yours. I've picked up my cross. I'm ready to follow you to whatever hole we're gonna stick that in, whatever place where I need to hang from it. Billy Graham, famous preacher from the 20th century, he said this, that Jesus, when he, he meant that when he was gonna die as a criminal and he wanted you to go with him. That means that you go back to your school, back to your home, back to your community, and you live for Jesus even though they crucify you. You don't live arrogantly or rudely, but it doesn't matter how nice you are, people will, will reject you because you follow Jesus. There's no way to be nice enough. We, none of us can, can love people and treat people like Jesus did, and they hated him. We can't be nice enough. We can't sugarcoat it enough. We, can't, we just have to be like Jesus. And through that, many will come to know him. The last thing here, the obedience mindset. First, it's not about me. Second, it's not for me. Third, I'm not following me. You should memorize this Bible verse, Jeremiah 17, 9. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. You've heard people say, follow your heart. Good for you. You go, girl. You go get it. Follow your heart. It's the worst thing you could ever tell anybody. It would be like in a kindergarten class teaching, or a preschool class teaching kids, strangers are nice. Free candy, go after it, girl. <laughs> Our heart, we can't follow it. I, if I follow my heart, it's going to eventually bring me to every place I never wanted to be. Don't follow your heart. Follow him. Church, today, choose to follow Jesus. Choose to obey him. Lay down those things you won't let go. And if you're in here and you've never made a decision to Maybe you believed in Jesus, but you've never decided to follow Jesus. Make the choice today to follow him. You give him your heart. You give him your whole life. And you follow him. As you close your eyes, I, I just want to ask, and at other locations, you can respond to this as well, but you just say, Pastor Nate, for real, today I'm deciding I'm following him. And you raise your hand up at me and let me know. You've been maybe being a church attender or a church goer. You've kind of been an imitator of Jesus, but you haven't been a follower of Jesus. And you just point a hand up at me and say, "That's uh, today I'm, I'm in, I'm following him. I'm following Jesus today. Appreciate you, appreciate you. Listen, let's pray about this. Let me, let me teach you. Let me teach you how to pray. Let me teach you how to talk to God. What you just expressed when you raised your hand was, you know, how to express that with the mouth. You would say, Jesus, 
I decide today to give you my life. I'm deciding today to follow you. I believe that you're God's son. I believe that you died on a cross and rose again. And, and I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to be my God. Help me to follow you and fall in love with you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, church, I love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Don't just listen to me. Listen to the Holy Spirit within you, guiding you and directing you. Listen to him and obey him this week as he asks you to take another step in becoming more like him.